Hey everybody, it's me. Um, 211 of the Hoopercast tonight, uh, just me and Dustin. We were talking about Us, which is the Jordan Peele movie from uh, earlier this year. Um, his follow-up to 2017's Get Out. Um, and we're also talking about a couple items of film news. So once again, we will come out of the break, talk about the movie, and then we will very clearly uh, delineate when we talk about spoilers. So uh, you don't have to worry. We did good. And um, enjoy the episode. TV that I've had for years and years died. Oh no! Yeah. So now I'm looking at TVs again. Did like the pixels and everything, or did it just it's just off? It won't. It won't turn on. Oh no! I, I was literally playing game, like I was playing Mario Party, and it just stopped. Oh. And I was like, "What just happened?" And luckily, it's on the Switch, so I could just like undock it and play it in handheld mode sure. to finish the game. But. But yeah, man, it, it just, it's done. Jeez. And, uh, they're like, well, you can buy a new, like a new circuit board for it and solder it in. And it's like a hundred dollars for the board on eBay. And I'm like, you know, if I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on a board to fix an old TV no that kidding. I'm, that I might get another year out of, yeah, I might as well just buy a new TV. Maybe. That one's not even a 4k TV. Yeah. So I, I might as well just upgrade. Is this the one downstairs? Yeah. Yeah, man, you could go to like Costco and spend like eight hundred dollars, and you get like a fifty-five inch four K TV. I know, right? Yeah, it's crazy how cheap they've gotten. I remember I had re- had to replace John's TV. I know, that dude. Was, that was like a forty-two inch TV, and it cost me twelve hundred dollars. Oh, <laughs> gracious! Uh, that was like an entire. I'm surprised I made that much in seven weeks at like minimum wage. But like that yeah, that yeah. winter break, I worked and all of it. Every bit mm. of it went to that DV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, tonight we're going to talk about a few uh, a few things. Not a lot of things, but just a few things. We've had a loaded couple of weeks here on the show with uh, having John on so much, and we've had all these new releases to talk about. Uh, so now we don't. Um, so we're right. going to talk about some other cool stuff. Um, beginning with the weekend box office. Um, yeah. All right, so we're we're beginning, you know, week two of Spider-Man: Far From Home being out, and of course, it's still number one at the box office. Another forty-five million dollars for them over the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Second place, still Toy Story Four, with uh, twenty, almost twenty-one million dollars. Yeah. Um, and then we had a couple of uh, premieres underneath them: Crawl and Stuber, uh, twelve mm-hmm. and eight million dollars, respectively. Um, pushing yesterday to number five and Annabelle comes home to number seven. Um, and then Aladdin falling to number five. Um, yeah, no surprise there really. Spider-Man's a moneymaker and it's making lots of money. Um, we won't get into, well, I'll talk about, uh, further on stuff here. What's Spider-Man made, uh, worldwide eight forty nine. Okay. $849 million. Yep. Yep. Um, We'll talk about why this number is important in a second, but do you think they're going to hit that billion dollar um, worldwide? Um, It's tough to say. Probably not at this point. Um, But, you know, 
there's not really a lot coming. Well, actually, I take that back. Lion King's coming out this weekend, so oh. it, it it's it's going to probably take a hit this weekend. Yeah, yeah, boy. Which, by the way, I don't want to talk too much about Lion King preemptively sure. um, before either of us have seen this thing. But sure. you can actually listen to the soundtrack on Spotify right now. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I I listened to pretty much all of the like. Uh, all of the actual cast singing stuff mm-hmm. and uh yeah not a huge fan yeah it seemed like most of them don't sing they just kind of like say they, the lines yeah they talk it i hate that i hate that yeah they have music then sing yeah it's like seth rogan's just kind of like yeah. you know speaking the whole thing and john oliver that sucks because that because the P- pumbas one song is a really entertaining song and right all it would have taken was anyone who knew how to sing. But like, of course, with Seth Rogen, it's like, uh, man, that's frustrating. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> that's a, that's a side tangent we sure. can get into later. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, that's about it for the box office. Now I'm distracted by these negative Lion King energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to a person whose name sounds like a Lion King character, uh, Taika Waititi. Yes. Um, who, uh, just to segue into film news real quick, just a couple of, uh, updates on Marvel stuff. Um, as, as I love to talk about, um, Comic-Con is this week. It's starting on Thursday, I believe. So we don't really have any, any, you know, there's lots of Marvel news to come and next week we're going to do pretty much all Comic-Con news. Um, mm-hmm. and I think John might come on with us actually, Dustin, oh, good. um, John's up against a deadline at work, so he couldn't come on. So he has seen us, but he can't, he couldn't come on this week. Um, gotcha. but, uh, so there's a lot of more Marvel news to come. Um, by the time people hear this, this will probably drop right before comic con, but, um, our information will be quickly outdated, um, or old news, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this time next week. So, um, but one item of news that, uh, isn't really surprising, but is good to hear is that Taika Waititi has signed on to write and direct, uh, Thor four. Yes. So we, and cause he, he was, I guess it was up in the air because he was tied up doing, um, this Akira, um, um, live action remake for Warner brothers. And then there's mm-hmm. some logistical snafus and basically that film's on hold. And I think that's allowed him to go ahead and take Thor four. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time that we've heard Thor four confirmed as a project correct yes correct because before it this was just all that was in the air about that was chris hemsworth would do it if they're doing one yeah and i think i always feel like posts like that are 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 very calculated like yeah someone asks chris about it and they tell him like you know let's just let's see if there's public interest for it (laughs) right right well and uh, you know i think he's still under contract i could be wrong But I feel like he was one of the few that his contract is not up. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I felt like it was kind of a foregone conclusion that there would be more adventures of Thor. Yeah. Um, but whether that was a solo film or he would be incorporated into Guardians of the Galaxy or what have you, um, I think that was still the question mark. Yeah, I, I think I remember my 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 feeling was and, and is and obviously it's coming to fruition is that that Thor would not end his journey in someone else's movie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, you know, a a main 
aggregate complaint of ours for Endgame would have been that you build up Thor to have this this destiny kind of, and he ultimately walks away from it. And, and while he walks away from it, you know, f- for what seems like maybe a moment of self realization or 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 whatever that sort of thing, it, it's sort of a letdown of all that's built up to his character. And then we've got him joining the Guardians, which is fine for humor, but is that where we want to end the Mighty Thor? And right. then these hopes of well. Sounds like they might make another a Thor four. That'd be great because that's a way for him to come back from all that, and right, and also just from a marketing standpoint to continue to generate interest in the brand beyond the original Avengers. Um, to be to you know, I mean, in in canon sense, it makes sense that not all of those six people's stories would end in this one event. So I like that there's this Thor story that's going to continue for a couple movies beyond Endgame and whatever's going on with Hulk, if he's part of that, if he's not part of that, um, yeah. you know, that would, I just, I like the idea that some of these people are still doing stuff, you know, right. Right. <laughs> from the original and cast, but not for long. I, I kind of feel like maybe, um, Thor won't play much of a role in guardians three. I don't think he will either. Like, like he may be there at the start and then kind of peace out. Yeah, um, I think you so. know, it, it I, I just feel like that that makes the most sense because, you know, I know that James Gunn has always said he's had this third movie kind of in mind for a long time. Yeah. Uh, my thought is probably before he knew that Thor would end up on that ship. Oh, I th- yeah, I think so. And obviously they I'm sure that when they decided that that's where that character would go, they uh, I mean, he knew he's an executive producer for those films. So he's. Yeah clearly in on it and he's I mean, pretty to it yeah I mean, him him and him and taika watiti um john favreau the russos i mean the, essentially like the the directors that seem to most define what the mcu is mm. um now are we're basically all in the loop on all of these crossover stories which is really cool i think yeah uh, yeah i think ryan maybe maybe ryan coogler was maybe he wasn't i'm not sure if he was um as, as much as tying into the front end of infinity war yeah, um, but it feels like probably less so. For, less so, maybe. For him, yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, I definitely don't, didn't want to see that um, that storyline crowbarred into you know basically put on James Gunn's plate. It's like, all right, here you go. You need to wrap up your characters and this character. Good luck, Godspeed. Um, right. So I'm I'm glad that that's apparently not the case. I'm glad Taika Waititi's back because the tone is great, and, and I'm glad for Chris Hemsworth too because he had it's. It's it's not news anymore at this point that he felt like with Ragnarok he got like a late break for the character like a, a late awakening for for who this who this character really is and how to tell his story the best and 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 his strengths of, as an actor with this character right and it's like this is the third Thor movie he's been there's two Avengers movies three Thor films like you know, little late, but it's, it's not. And so I know that that's part of why there's still interest in this character creatively for him and for Taika, because there's, there's more to explore for, for Hemsworth. Right. And, uh, and I'm interested to see that character self-actualize. Um, yeah, totally. After he's I mean, because right now he's sort of emotionally at his lowest point. Yeah. And, um, and I'm fine with that as a start, as, as a continuing, continuing growth for his character. So, I think that's good news for anyone who's upset with the endgame portrayal of Thor. Um, maybe it was part of a larger plan for this this arc. Maybe it wasn't. Right. Either way, um, it looks like it's coming, so that's good. 
So, yeah, uh, I just wanted to say my piece about that because I'm I'm excited about that and uh, yeah, I want to see Korg. I want I hope to see Korg and Meek. I mean, I don't I don't think I need the entire Ragnarok cast to come back, but but obviously Korg and Meek are popular. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> popular characters and and you know I, I there is this lingering question of what's Bruce Banner doing and he can only appear in other people's movies. So it, mm-hmm. there's some people talking about maybe he should be in like the third Spider-Man or, or something. It's, you know, cause that would be kind of cool, but I mean, it's more likely that uh, who knows? I don't really want to talk about the Hulk that much, but um, cause, cause there's just, there's no indication what they're doing with him, except that he is alive. Um, right. And has the use of one of his arms to full yes. effect. Yes. Um, he could do stuff, but I'm, I'm not concerned about what he's doing. At this point, right. Banner no, has, has reached his arc emotionally, so he's kind of yep. going to take a backseat. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's that. Anyway, um, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I want to briefly touch on this story that I that we talked about this morning or earlier today. There's a rumor out there for for Spider-Man three. Uh, so right now, I think it's confirmed. There's one more Spider-Man movie in the Sony. Um, Marvel or Sony Disney uh, deal. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's, there will be at least a Spider-Man three and, you know, the rest depends on what I'm referencing earlier, which was apparently according to Amy Pascal over at Sony, that there was apparently in, I don't know if it's contractually in the clause or if that's just her, that's going to be her yardstick for whether or not to renew the deal. I'm not sure if it's in writing anywhere or not. Um, but uh, far from home making a billion dollars is apparently the decider whether or not Sony continues this relationship with, with Disney and with the MCU with Spider-Man. Mm. Mm. Um, Spider-Man's made $850 million worldwide. It's weekend two. Lion King is coming out this weekend. You know, can it make another $150 million internationally before the end of its theater run? That's yet to be it's seen. It's possible. It yeah. really depends on what happens with this Lion King weekend. Right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if it falls below Toy Story 4, it might be in trouble. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, my thing with with that real quick is I think that, that's, I think that this is typical Sony behavior. I don't think we ever really talked about this, but I think this is typical Sony behavior. I think that Sony is flexing. I think that they, mm-hmm. they're doing what they do. They have a little bit of success financially, and they start walking tall. Oh, look at us. Look at all this money we made. Spider-Man, Sony. Mm-hmm. It's like, did you forget like why people came to see this film? Right. Because if you look at the numbers, I'm not going to break them down, but the, the original Spider-Man trilogy it, across the board made more money than the Mark Webb uh, films. Mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man is the ones that tanked and, and caused the uh, public interest in this deal to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, those Raimi, the Raimi movies made a lot of money and they still hold the number one spot in a few categories, but the rest of them are taken up by these two MCU Spider-Man films. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that shows you is that people are most interested in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and the Tom Holland current Spider-Man films. Um, yep. Not the direction that Sony was taking it in when they rebooted the character the first time. Mm-hmm. So Sony should not walk so tall because they forgot that they fucked this up super hard. Yep. And that led to this whole situation. That's point number one. 
Point point number two, I would even contend that Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movies, the original ones, wouldn't have done as well today as they did back then because there was less, the market was less saturated with superhero movies. Yeah, it was still getting started. There was still stuff. There's still, you know, but there were, I mean, at the time there were, there were not Batman movies. The, the, the Bale Batman films had not come out except for after Spider-Man uh, or uh, before Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 1 and 2, when they were building the brand, those actors, those faces, that tone, that style, everything, that was, it was really just the Blade, the X-Men, and a handful of others, you know, a couple, the maybe the first Fantastic Four, but, but, but it was really X-Men and Spider-Man that were the big things at the time. Right. Because Superman had been, had been a couple decades earlier. Mm-hmm. Batman's resurgence was yet to come. The the most recent iteration was the Burton ones, which was a really good start for the tone for a lot of people. But but mostly, Spider Man was one of the only superhero franchises you could go see in theaters. And now there's so many of them. That mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's remarkable that the Tom Holland ones are doing as well as they're doing, simply due to market saturation. I'm amazed that there's as much public interest in the character, e- even as well as they're doing him. It's still kind of shocking. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that to say, I think that when you consider the cultural shift and everything that's going on, the Tom Holland iteration right now is the most enjoyed or sought after version of this character on the big screen, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. All of this to say, I think Sony's stupid. I think they're flexing where they shouldn't flex. I think they need to realize that they're making a shitload of money and they need to just be quiet and and accept that it's working and forget that this that they didn't do it by themselves. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I <laughs> this is stupid to me. Um, um, I personally don't care that much if they decide to keep the rights away from Marvel in the, in the future. Um, I like Spider Man. I want to keep seeing Tom Holland as Spider Man, but if I'm going to get three movies out of him and they're allowed to end his arc, if the deal is severed, I'm cool with that. I sort of would love to see Sony try to reboot it a third time with some other actor and fail miserably. Mm -hmm. And that would be great. And then just have (laughs) you have to just gift the rights to Kevin Feige to prevent having to commit seppuku. (laughs) Right. Um, So, uh, Do you have, I'm sorry, I've been going on a tangent about that, about that deal. Do you have any further thoughts on that, that, that idiotic power move? (laughs) Uh, No, not really. I mean, look, at the end of the day, uh, this character has had eight feature films Mm -hmm. and has appeared in 11. Um, I I think that in the last 15, uh, in the last 17 years, I think it is. Yeah. That's that's more than any other character. That's more appearances than Wolverine. Yeah. Um, although Wolverine does have the distinction of all being played by the same person. Um, that's more appearances than Wolverine on, on the silver screen. Well, that's actually a Spider-Man's credit that, 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 you know, there's the, the likability of Hugh Jackman carries Wolverine through almost two decades of movies, but the appeal of Spider-Man, the character yeah, is what keeps yeah. people coming back. Seventeen, you know, the, the exact same amount of time actually. Seventeen years, yeah, between O two and and now. Um, yeah, and there's gonna, you know, and <laughs> it, it, the character is popular. Um, yeah, and when he's working, the idea is to keep him working. Right. Not, Absolutely. Not to start to bicker over credit. Right. Yeah. And and I think I think that um, the most interesting thing to me would be if the deal is severed, how much 
power Sony would have independently to pull Tom Holland back in to reincorporate, you know, Venom or whatever they're going to do, you know, build their own Sinister Six or whatever, um, apart from the MCU, because common sense would say that, okay, the rights to Spider-Man and the related characters belong to Sony and they're essentially on lease to, to Marvel studios. Right. But, but a good portion of what makes that character work in this iteration Mm -hmm. belongs to Marvel. Right. So, so, if you divorce the two elements and say, okay, Sony is going to do another Tom Holland Spider-Man movie alone. Well, you can't use any reference to Tony Stark. You can't have any reference to happy Hogan. Right. You can't have any reference to so many things yeah. that, that essentially you're, you're looking at a different character altogether. Um, even if they're allowed to, you know, still use Ned Leeds and still use Flash Thompson and still use, you know, MJ and all of this stuff, which they probably would be. Um, but but it, it just remains to be seen. And, and and I think Sony's just crazy enough to try that. Right. To, to say, OK, we'll do another Tom Holland movie, just us. Yeah. And, you know, we'll we'll bring Michael Keaton back for our Sinister Six movie. Um, but we just won't be able to reference or would they, you know, is it that, okay, well, Sony owns the rights to the vulture, but does Marvel own the likeness of Michael Keaton? Right. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it becomes, it becomes just very never strange. Show his face. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, or is just inexplicably played by a different person. Yeah, no, he, and just, you know, I, I think like that, John Stamos. Um, <laughs> yes, John Stamos as a vulture, um, <laughs> that would be that'd be great actually bob saget yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I'm um, bob saget. um but yeah no i i think um you're so selfish peter <laughs> sorry um so you know i don't know i it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go with it um but but i have i have this weird suspicion that um, I mean, it could go one of two ways, right? I mean, Sony could be so completely out of the loop in terms of reality yeah. that they'll do something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, some money counter somewhere is saying, guys, we're benefiting very idea. heavily here. Do not do this, please. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Like if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna make this power move. That's great if it works. If it doesn't, you're gonna have to you know tuck your tail between your legs and go beg. You know, and so so we'll see. I mean, um, they're another sandwich ready. Right. right. My gut says says the deal will continue. I I think so. There's too much money to be made, at least through some Avengers films. Like even if even if Sony says, yeah, we don't want to do any more solo films with the MCU Spider-Man. But like, you know, we'll 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 share the money and stuff because essentially they don't have to do any of the uh, any of the work when it comes yeah, to yeah. his role in the in the larger universe. They just they just mm-hmm. take a percentage. Yeah. You know, so um, and, and maybe it is. And I don't know how they feel about working with each other, but I would think that if if you're Amy Pascal and you have any problem with this arrangement on like a but you're burying it for the sake of everybody. I would think that you're at your most irritable when Kevin Feige is in the meetings about your movie. Like, mm. what are we doing for Spider-Man 3? All right, Kevin, sit down. It's like, you know, they're, they're, maybe they would not be able to escape this this feeling of like, I can't believe we have to listen to this person. You know, this is our film. At the same time, maybe that I'm, – I'm just intuiting that. I don't know that that exists, but just for right. what I've 
just from from the information I've gathered on Amy Pascal, she seems kind of bitter about this situation. Like, like yeah. it's some blow to her ego, which is just stupid. Um, right. I mean, this care this is supposed to be about like pleasing audiences, and <laughs> it's like <laughs> you just want credit for pulling off the best Spider Man, and, and you, you're probably never going to get it. So, right, exactly. Suck it. Yep. Um. All that to say, um, there's a rumor floating around for Spider Man Three. And this 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 rumor pleases me, Dustin. Okay. Um, because I have been saying, probably since somewhere in the Andrew Garfield era, they should do Craven the Hunter. Mm-hmm. And I only said that because I liked the Spider-Man video game and I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also thought that he was fairly. I guess I don't know what I thought. He fairly realistic, interesting. I, I didn't I didn't realize like the the real practical applications of his skill set and how that could be really interesting on film and mm-hmm. from a story standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think I was just like, yeah, he's got dad. He's, he was just so dynamic looking. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and I, my experience, my villains were, you know, from the game. So it's Scorpion and shocker. And, um, who else is in that damn game? That, that first PlayStation two game, the first PS2 yeah. game. I would think that um, it follows like a story mode with anyway. Yeah, um, Shocker. He said Shocker. It. Yeah, Shocker's in it. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, so I thought Craven was kind of a cool idea. I didn't know how they would do it, and you and I had discussions about it. Like, oh no, we talked about this in the in the last episode. Actually, I think I'd asked like, well, why would Craven the Hunter? I think I had said I I'd heard some rumor or some idea somewhere like. It'd be cool. I mean, the Craven the Hunter has been a Black Panther villain before, so they could introduce him on that way. But then I thought, well, why would they have him go from Africa to New York all of a sudden? And you said, because Spider-Man's been unmasked. Mm-hmm. And that is his in into this story. And yeah. this rumor that's floating around, and this is by um this is by this 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 artist named Boss Logic. I see him on Instagram sometimes. They do a lot of like art for for Marvel, um, and he just based on something that was commissioned to him. He's not really mm-hmm. revealing many more details. He's just calling it a source. So take this with a grain of salt. But I want to talk about this idea. Um, essentially, the rumor is that um, what if they did Craven the Hunter? It's being talked about by somebody that there's an idea to do Craven the Hunter for Spider-Man 3, but have him, instead of this Russian dude, have him be this person from a Wakandan border tribe mm-hmm. um, who has been exiled or his mm-hmm. tribe was dissolved or whatever, and he was you know booted out of Wakanda. You know, another casualty of T'Chaka's, you know, isolationism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or or in other characters, but but how that could be um, that could tie into the Black Panther movies and Spider Man, mm-hmm. um, and so they mocked up this rendering of this uh, actor Mustafa Shakir. Uh, I don't know what he's in actually. Let's see if uh, okay, he was Bushmaster and Luke Cage apparently. Um, I guess on Netflix, but um, it looks cool. The idea works, and we were talking today, Dustin, like, how cool would it be for Winston Duke, who plays Umbaku in the Black Panther movies, um, 
for him to to give him more story, especially since his character is friendlier now than he was the start of Black Panther. Yeah. Like to give his character more story as as the leader of the border tribes, he could be the one who was responsible for quote unquote creating or or um sliding Craven to begin with. Right. Um and how that could be something that goes on with him. Because we like Winston Duke and um we like Umbaku. And any yeah. excuse you can have to give him more to do in the story that doesn't isn't directly tied to T'Challa, that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, totally. And uh, I like this idea, and um, and I hope it's being talked about by people who have influence and not just some dumb internet um, chat room thing. Um, yeah, because I like Craven, and you think it could be good for the Spider-Man character in this third film. Yeah, totally. So, so my thought with the whole thing is, um, I, I, I like the idea of him being Wakandan. I think that that ties in nicely to the larger world. Um, you know, it, what it does is two things. First of all, it, it, it gives us a Spider-Man villain who has ties to the larger MCU, but not Tony Stark. Yep. Which it which is needed, interesting and needed, yeah. um, and 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 at the same time, um, I, I think it gives us a character because I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Marvel has ever done this where they would have introduced a villain in one hero's solo film only to have him show up in a different hero's solo film as a villain. Um, I know that some villains have carried over into like Avengers yeah, movies. Like there's Loki, but that's not, so, yeah, it wouldn't be solo to solo. Right. But like solo to solo. solo. Um, I don't know that that's ever happened. So I, I think, I think that either. would be cool. Um, so, but, but whether, whether Craven would be the, you know, actual big bad for Black Panther two and Spider-Man three, I don't, I don't so. know. He could be just a cameo in Black Panther to kind of set him up yeah. and then Spider-Man three pays it off. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't know, but, um, but I'm really into that idea. Alternatively, you could split the difference. And I think I'd mentioned this to you earlier off mic. Um, you could split the difference and still have him be this, you know, Russian, you know, I think his name is, uh, Sergei Kravenov. Um, if you could still have him be Sergei Kravenov and maybe he's such a good hunter that he discovered Wakanda, um, when it was still hidden and, and was sort of, you know, uh, adopted if you will into a border tribe somewhere and they began training him in the ways of you know the wakandan you know this specific tribe i guess and only to then be exiled the entire tribe from wakanda um for taking him in so now you've like already kind of proven how good of a hunter he is that he found wakanda yeah and um you've you've established that even if he's not wakandan by birth he's he fights like a Wakandan. Yeah. And, and I think that that would be super interesting to pit Peter against somebody like that. Um, and, and that could be done as simply as like throwaway lines of dialogue in black Panther two without ever seeing it. Um, you know, you, you could, you could throw that story in as backstory for whatever villain you do use. And then, and then, you know, Spider-Man pays that off. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm on board. I, I think that would be really, really cool. Um, you know, there, there's a ton of Spider-Man villains that are great that have not been utilized on film before. Um, so, so whatever they do, I, you know, I'm on board because I, I liked Far From Home 
so much that I'm just on board in general. Um, but, but yeah, I think the Craven thing that, that excites me. That's the, uh, to me, the logical next step is if Peter is, you know, outed as being Spider-Man, then he has two options, either embrace it like Tony did, or you, you hide from it. And if he's in hiding, then you have a hunter trying to find him. Like, that's just a good story. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I'm on board. I'm really interested. Um, and maybe another time, maybe, maybe during Comic-Con stuff next week. I don't know. Maybe I, we're going to know so much more about the, the slate of films next week yeah. that I, it'll be a lot easier to speculate about what we think could happen. Yeah. Um, uh, in the films going forward. So I will, I will save my, my, my little ideas that I'm cooking up here, uh, for, for that discussion. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting and exciting stuff. And, and I'm, I'm happy and it's to Spider-Man far from home's credit that I am still this invested in the MCU. Um, it's a testament to the Spider-Man character, to Tom Holland, um, and just to the, the ideas that they are actually putting forth in these movies. They're interesting and they're satisfying. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's break real quick and then we'll come back. And we're going to talk about, speaking of Winston Duke, we're going to talk about us. Yeah. Um, the, uh, follow up the, the sophomore effort from Jordan Peele, uh, when we come back. forward in time ah oh 88 miles an hour oh my hand is split in half Shia <laughs> how did this happen <laughs> i can't drive or shouldn't drive whatever, I had it. whatever it's I fine it's I flip, fine i'll drive i flipped my truck over ah um okay <laughs> all right um Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the film us uh, directed written and directed by Jordan Peele um, who last directed um, a really great film called Get Out uh, and this is uh, this is I was gonna say this is us <laughs> <laughs> way different yes. That's a classic right there. What does I Got Five on it mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. Did you hear Gabe got a boat? He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? Jason? Jason! Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me and I'll keep you safe. 
There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Um, so us came out, I, wait, was this 2019? It was, yeah, it was March. Whoa. Yeah. God, the rental rentals happen so quick. Yeah, they do. Goodness gracious. All right. Well, I, I saw this movie a few days ago. You saw this a month or two ago? I saw this in March. You saw it in theaters? So, I, I saw it in theaters, yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. All right. So um, basically, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, what you really need to know about about um, us is that essentially it, it, um, it's about this – it's about a family who um, – who has this has a lake house or a, a summer home? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, in California, I think it's Santa Santa Cruz. Yes. That? Okay, Santa yep. Cruz. Um, and uh, one night, um, their son notices that there is a family standing in their driveway, and they soon come to find that the family um, looks exactly like the four of them. Um, and there's tie-ins to the past of, of, of the mother character played by Lupita Nyong'o um, that can explain the nature of these doppelgangers and, um, and eventually what is revealed to be their plan at large. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a quick, a quick note on us. So I had heard um, – I'd heard from others mostly. I was hearing mixed reactions, but 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 narrow. There was no one who was saying that they liked us better than Get Out that I knew of. Yeah. Um, the median of the opinions I heard were, I like it. Get Out's better, but I like us. Us is pretty good too. Like it's it's right up there with it, but not over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I was presented with an opportunity to buy these two films as a digital bundle. Mm-hmm. We were asking you and one other person, um, is this worth it? And I don't remember if this was you, but he definitely said, um, have you seen us? And I said, no, 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 not yet. But, you know, I'd love to get out. And he's like, I just, I'd wait till after you see it because in my opinion, you'd be spending $15 for get out. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Um, and so now I've seen us and I'm, I'm glad I didn't purchase it because I think I would give this film and I might walk this back during this review, but mm-hmm. right now I'm giving it one star. Okay. Um, and I'll talk more about why once we talk about spoilers, but just for the, just for the lead off, I'm going to say one star. Um, it, it's, it's not that it pissed me off, but I can't give it two stars for not pissing me off because sure. And again, these are subjective, whatever, but like, but this is not my cup of tea. These, these kind of, this, this, this kind of stories where, um, I'm following characters that, that I'm invested in. Um, and then we do some plot twists and that's fine. But when the movie ended, I was genuinely at like, a what did I just watch? Why am I watching? Why did I, mm-hmm. why should, why do I, why did I care about this? And, um, and I never want to end a film like that. Um, sure. The film for me definitely has pluses. I think Jordan Peele is a really great director. He has a clearly defined style. It's effective. Um, he should keep going in this genre, this like kind of creepy thriller, um, you know, with heavy themes. That's him. That's him. 
And you can yeah. see that even in, in even in the Key and Peele sketches. Some of the sketches, you're like, oh my God, what darkness is inside of you, my friend? <laughs> um, but uh, as I, I think Get Out was a much better story and uh, had a much more satisfying conclusion that was still able to make its its um its its themes work. Mm-hmm. I don't think the same happens. For me, us is a lot of theme on the front end and not a lot of a story that makes sense to support it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot more like this scaffolding that I, I can see. It's like, I, I know why this character is doing this because I see what you're doing here. Um, but this doesn't make any sense uh, to me. Narratively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to give it one star um, with the caveat that that's an extreme opinion from me. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're listening and, and you know, uh, we've talked before how I, d- I don't like that sometimes films are think pieces and they're essays and they're not really stories. Yeah. And I, and I might put that in this category. Okay. Um, with Blade Runner 2049, well executed, yeah. clearly a vision. I just don't think it works as a story. Um, what, what, about, what about you? So I would give this three stars. Um, I, I thought it was okay. I also like, I like to get out a lot better than this. Um, to me, this was, and maybe we can talk about spoilers in just a minute, but to mm-hmm. me, this was, um, so, so I'm, I'm sensitive to, um, mysteries that are set up. And, and I think this is just because I live in a post Damon Lindelof, Kurtzman and Orsi world. Um, <laughs> But I'm very sensitive to that. Where if you're going to set up a mystery, you need to know where you're going with it. If you're gonna if you're gonna set up something that is um, kind of like like leaving me in the dark, right? This old adage of provide and withhold. If you withhold answers from me, it's because I'm assuming the answers are coming, or because the answers will be satisfying. Yeah. Um, and so so. What, what we have here is the situation where you get most of the answers. You don't get all the answers. Not everything is explained, but I think that's fine. Um, but, but the answers that you do get, I thought, were a little bit underwhelming. Um, and so, and so to me, I think that's the film's detriment is, you know, I have no doubt that Jordan Peele knew what he was saying with this film. I don't think the thesis was ever relayed strongly enough to the audience for it to be a solid, you know, persuasive argument. Uh, and it also seemed like there were multiple persuasive arguments here. Um, you know, there's, there's this moment where, um, the evil version of our main character, um, red, she says, uh, or I think Adelaide says something to the effect of like, uh, you know, who are you or what are you? And she, and red responds, we're Americans. And, and like, that's a very clear thesis statement, right. but I don't really understand what it means. And, and maybe that's because I'm just not smart enough, but I don't think that there's enough in the film to support that thesis um, it's just like he threw out a thesis statement, but didn't really support it on the back end um, because there were other thesis statements also made. And so uh, I think I think what what happens with this is it's a really well made movie. It's shot beautifully. It's, you know, well performed. Um, it's well directed. I think the detriment is that the story had uh, too much that it wanted to say 
And so none of the things that it tried to say were ever fleshed out enough. So it almost felt like, even though I know it had too much to say, it almost felt like it didn't have anything to say. Right. Um, it, it, it tried and, to juggle and it dropped all the balls. Exactly. So, so to me, I feel like, um, I feel like us is a good movie if only because of its filmmaking prowess, its storytelling, I think is, is lacking. Um, that's fair. That's a fair, that's fair to say it's an entertaining film with a beginning, middle and end. And you get a sense of what's going on once it ends. So yeah, in terms of filmmaking, it's pretty clear. Right. I, I, and I think, um, you know, if this helps you guys figure out whether you want to, you know, pay the couple dollars to rent this at Redbox or whatever, um, I would compare this more to like an M. Night Shyamalan movie than I ever would Get Out. Yeah. Um, Get Out doesn't feel like that to me. Us does feel that way to me, um, you know, down to twist endings. Right. It, it, it is an M. Night kind of story. Um in so much as like, there's not really much of a B story here. It's just an A story. And the A story is padded to like padded to the gills because you've got this, this huge sequence. And, and I'd love to rewatch this movie and time it. But, um, from the moment that the family, the evil family, comes into the picture, right? They're standing in the in the driveway. From that moment to um, the moment where s- there is some level of safety reached, that that's one section of this movie, and it must be thirty minutes long. Like it is lengthy. And, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing if you're doing a lot of things, but I don't feel like this was really doing much. Um, this was bolstered by one conversation that was being had and we were cutting to like little action beats for some of the other characters, but none of it was substantive. It was all driven by the one conversation Lupita Nyong'o is having with herself. And, and, and again, it's just sort of padded out too much. Like I, I feel like you could really shorten this movie by a good fifteen minutes or more, and it would be fine. So yeah, it, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but I'm gonna say it's okay. And you know, that's about all I got on it. Let's talk about spoilers. Let's do it. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. What are you people? It's us. They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. Then we kill them. (laughs) 
So, all right. So we talked about what we think is valuable about the film and what we think isn't. Um, I wasn't... I think as soon as they explained that, you know, there there was a switch that the Adelaide mm-hmm. had been following is actually... For, for, okay, first of all, are, it, was, it was like they were saying that those people were clones, right. basically. Um, yes. And then, you know, the scientists abandoned the project, so these clones... So they made clones, but these clones were also, like, beholden to the actions of the people above. Yes. So be- best I understand, it was some government exper- experiment. They never use the word clone, uh, as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they do. Um, but but the way they... they Red explains this to Adelaide is it's is it's two souls sharing one wait I'm sorry, sorry one, one soul yeah. sharing two bodies yeah yeah right so so what's happening is as Adelaide is moving on the surface mm-hmm. it's almost like puppeteering Red in the underground uh, how that works exactly that, I don't understand falls apart because as soon as they explain that these people are all over the world everybody's mm-hmm. got one of these doppelgangers yep how 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 could science execute mm-hmm. that yeah how could you clone every person as soon as they're born yep. including yourself yep are there bunkers under every single city in in America in the world? You know, it, right. it, so the minute that they decide that this is not just happening to this family, there's not, you know, the, the Tim Heidecker's family's got, mm-hmm. what, what is that guy doing in this film? Tim Heidecker's <laughs> family has, has doppelgangers, um, and everyone does. So it's yeah. like, this is like a worldwide movement. So when that started yeah. happening, it was like, oh, this is less scary to me because mm-hmm. now it's not intimate. It's not personal anymore. Yeah, it's, it's I, like this high scale, like they're like an army, even though they're not acting like an army. It turned more into like a it felt more like World War Z for a little bit there when they're watching the news. And yeah. And um, and then so with, with the Coke ad, like holding the hands across the that didn't make any sense either. <laughs> it's just right. So so the hands across America thing I do want to talk about. But okay. but you're right. I think it's it, it's very strange that um there is a doppelganger for everybody, at least in the United States. Um, and the, the, the purpose for this experiment is never really explained. It's not like they meet the scientist character who's like, we messed up. I'm so sorry. You know, there's no, there's no scientist (laughs) character. Right. Yeah. What have I done? Um, so we never get really any backstory on the project, but, but my question is, I, you know, I think it falls apart because of this. We see one character, like the character on the surface, sort of being control or being, I'm sorry, controlling the character underground. Yeah. But we also see it in reverse. And so, so, and we also see that there's some sort of telepathic link between the person and their doppelganger. Yeah. So that raises into question, how were all of these doppelgangers who don't speak, by the way, able to organize this thing where they all get jumpsuits, they all get scissors, they all go to the surface all at the same time without the people on the surface knowing? And uh, so the only the the only thing I can think of is, oh, well, when their their person goes to sleep, that's when they're allowed to like function. But it's like but if they wake up and they go to the bathroom and you're like, you know 
a half a mile away from them underground, do you start walking in proportion with them or do you have to run back to your spot and then be exactly up and down where they are? Because that's what it seems like. Like she's walking toward the escalator and she's like in the same escalator spot. And it's right. just like, I don't understand. Like it, it if, if you're off your axis, are you just relative to them when you come online? I'm so confused. As, so the, the, the mythology and some people could argue like it's not really important how it works. It's more about what it's saying. I fucking yes. disagree because it has to make sense because otherwise I don't understand how these people operate. Like, And maybe once they're above ground, they have like – they have like independence autonomy. Sure. Yeah. Autonomy. Yeah, exactly. But it still doesn't explain how they even got out of there in the first place, except well, for this one time where this girl went to a fun house. That's a public building. Right. It's a little convenient that it only happened to the one person. Yeah. And it's also, it's also strange to me that, um, you know, you mentioned like coming online or whatever, if, if the person's asleep. Well, my assumption is that these doppelgangers have the same limitations as a human, right? We know that they're eating the rabbits as food. So they need food. I assume that they need water and I assume that they need sleep. So my assumption is if the person on top is asleep, then the person underground is asleep. Yeah. But, but then here's the other question does the person underground essentially do they have autonomy to where they say, okay, I have to be at this place at this time, you know, in order to sync up or is it like, or is it overriding their, their thought process? I don't know if I'm explaining that yeah, right. But, or, or if but, they're allowed to think, but just their motions have to be in sync right. with the person. But this like, whole time like, they're thinking, I can't wait till I get out of here and I can right. Are they people. aware of like, hey, I have a job to do and this is my job? Right. Or are they like just doing it and they don't even know why? Yeah. Like do they it's, do they feel like zombies or do they know that they are doing this? Because because here's the other thing that that is unclear is if one of these doppelgangers dies or what whatever would that affect the person on the surface in any in any distinguishable way um in other words underground does not sync up and do what they do is there a notable difference to either party right like if someone gets like shot and mugged above ground Surely there's not a real gun below ground. Like, how would you have even made it? How would you have whatever? So maybe up there someone dies and then maybe that's how they gain autonomy. Once your, once your person dies, you're, you're free and then you can start plotting. But they said the, the way that this is explained is that this, 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 big revolt happens and it's the doppelganger killing their doppelganger. Yeah. So it's not a bunch of, you know, uh, yeah. previously Free deceased. Radicals. Yeah. 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 Uh, which, which would make an interesting story yeah. that like, Oh, we all have this. And once you die up here, mm-hmm. then, you know, that, and, and then likewise, you know, what if one of the people in the, in the tunnels underground, if they died, then the person on the surface goes crazy. Right. And that's how we explain mental illness or whatever, you know, right. Like, like you could go a a billion different places with it, but, but you're right. I, I agree with you in that you have to make this make sense in terms of the story. And maybe you could argue that it does because they don't lay out the rules. 
So then anything goes. To me, that's like cheating. It's like the only rule is we don't kill each other. It's like, right. Well, that's pretty simple. I mean, but it's not right. that impressive. Right. To me, th- th- this is the sign that this movie doesn't work on a narrative level because you and I are not talking about the themes that are expressed in this film. We're talking about, we're talking about the mechanics of the plot here. Logistics. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that we are talking so much about why that's confusing to me is says something about the clear, you know, the message is being muddied by the fact that the plot doesn't make any sense because he was too lazy to think about how it could make sense. He just, all he, all he was thinking, it it seems to me was, I want to talk about the other. And I want to talk about how sometimes the villain is us. And I want to talk about duality and I want to talk about how, Oh, America, you know, like we're all Americans and we're not the other or something. And he Mm -hmm. just, and, and and it's like the, the second book. It's like, oh, the publisher wanted a second one. Oh, God, it's due in six months. Oh, shit. Okay. Right. Um, and it just, it, it felt weird. It felt like an unfinished, it felt like the thoughts were there, but the way we get there was not important to him. And I don't accept that as a, as an audience member. Yeah, I think the world building was just unfinished, mm-hmm. and and I think I think he was more wrapped up in the message. But but you're right. The fact that we're not discussing the message is one of there's one of two reasons for that. One, we disagree with the message, mm-hmm. or two, we don't understand the message, and we either don't understand the message because we're too dumb, <laughs> or because the film did not do an adequate job of explaining its its own subject message. Matter. Yeah. Yeah. And and while it's very possible that I'm dumb enough to not understand this, I, I will say I think that some things could have been clearer. Right. Like when I when I go on Google and say, like, what is this movie about? There's a ton of people saying, oh, well, this is obviously this. This is obviously that. But none of it really has the effect of me going, oh, Right. And so and so for me, what that tells me is I'm not having that reaction because there's there is no there is no definitive answer. Right. Like the clues don't lead to something definitive. So you don't have the eureka moment of that's what that meant, because everything is just kind of left up for interpretation. Um And I think that there's, um, there's some, there is a lot of thought that went into this film, right? Like down to the fact that they use scissors and you're like, okay, well, why do they use scissors? Um, and where did they get these scissors and why do they have all of these scissors? Um, well, whatever, all that aside, but, but it's smart to say scissors, it's two blades held together by one screw. Right. Oh, snap. It's smart. Yeah, it is. Right. There's a lot of really smart stuff in here. The problem is you have that noise in the back of your head that says, but how did they get the scissors? And why do they like I understand why we the audience or why Jordan Peele thinks that the two blades held together by one screw that that's important. Mm -hmm. But do the doppelgangers know the significance of that? Right. And, and so we, you know, I, I think we're just unclear on how that that works. And so I think that's to the film's detriment. And but that's why I'm I, I'm hesitant to say, like, the film pisses me off because 
it didn't it didn't make me mad. It made me initially feel like, oh, I'm probably not smart enough for this. Right. And right. Or, or I'm not the I'm not the audience for it. Right. Like maybe this would make more sense if I were, you know, of a different demographic. But um but at the end of the day, I, I think the 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 bottom line is uh, it, it's a little bit frustrating, but again, it doesn't, doesn't make me mad, but it's a little frustrating just because, just because get out made so much sense yeah, and, and was so well thought out and the world was so well explained. Yeah. Right. Like you, you have that moment where, um, uh, where our main character Chris. sits in front of the TV, Chris, yeah. Chris sits in front of the TV and, and they explain everything via yeah. old VHS tape. Yeah. Right. Like maybe you could say, Oh, exposition dump or whatever. But I'm like, in some cases you have you to do that. It. Yeah. You have to do it. And, and the goal of the writer isn't to avoid giving exposition. It's to do it in a creative way. Right. Because there are times when exposition is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Right. So you just have to do it in a way that's believable and creative. And and that's that's the that's the task. Right. Because if it's like two best friends going up to each other and one says, hey, how's your mother who's uh, been diagnosed with a life threatening illness? Right. Right. Well, that's that's really heavy handed. No one's going to talk that way. Um, so you've got to find a very clever way to show us, oh, your mother was diagnosed with a life-threatening illness. You got to show us that. And that's what Get Out did is it showed us the mechanisms behind everything in a very clever and entertaining way. This never had that moment, even though it had the moment where Red explains to Adelaide everything. Yeah. It had that moment, but the problem was it was a lackluster explanation. Yeah. It didn't feel fully formed. It was more like, hey, audience, we switched. Isn't that crazy? Like, right. I'm really the little girl and you're the copy. Um, what does that make you feel about yourself? I'm just like, I'm not looking within because I'm so focused on why this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. it doesn't make any sense. Like, I... The only thing it thought was like, okay, well, that explains like the weird behavior afterwards. But part of me thought like as soon as they were like, I just want my little girl back. I was looking at that little girl and I was like, I was like, oh, yo, she's she's, you know, she she killed the original one. Like the, the, the first thing I thought was yeah, yeah. that chick that, that that copy in the mirror killed her and now she's replaced her. Right. I didn't really, you know, line up that maybe she just swapped with her. It's like, sure. How would you even do that? I don't know. But, but so here's, here's my question, right? Like, okay. So Adelaide and red swap places, mm -hmm. but what stopped, you know, the, the original girl, well, we'll just say red cause that's how it's presented in the film. What stops red from getting back to the surface? Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like if, if like, she has, if she had control, like why did these rules all this is, is being underground? What puts you under this like hypnosis? But, but, but evidently not because you can plot and plan and break. Also from a motivation perspective, if, if, if the doppelganger, you know, breaks her voice box basically. And, 
takes her place, starts living her life. And, mm-hmm. you know, Red, you know, now Red is underground and has to live as a doppelganger. And then she decides, like, I want to plot this revolution where we get back up there and we kill our 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 primes mm-hmm. and and we live up there. Yeah. So the message of the film then turns into like it's actually like you should fear the others. <laughs> because right, right, right. Because because they will strangle you and replace you. <laughs> right. And then um and then that person will lead a revolution with those people. Right. It's like, okay, so the message doesn't really come across that like sometimes the villain is you. It's like, no, sometimes I just walked into a mirror room and I didn't expect to be harmed. <laughs> right, right. Uh, or my life ruined. Um, right. And maybe that's a petty reading of that, but that's just another another reason that the that the film – that I wouldn't watch the film again or, well, or really even recommend it to people. But here, here, so here's, I, I guess what I'm trying to get across is Lupita Nyong'o is 36 years old. So if we, if we assume that Adelaide is 35, mm-hmm. uh, why, why only now is the, the strangled version coming up to the surface? Because Donald Trump is president, Dustin. <laughs> but, Duh. But no, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> So, so she knows how to get up to the surface, right? Right, exactly. They never explain why not what do changed. that when you're 15. Yeah, and, they never and, explain and go why find now. your parents and say, "Yo, that ain't me." Yeah. What what stopped that? That's the mechanic that I want to know. Is it that there were scientists down there that you know locked her up and said you can't? But we know that's not the case because we see her dancing doing you know her ballet routine yeah so why didn't she just break right then and like run just make a run for it and and if we had seen like several instances of her trying to make a run for it yeah and being stopped by scientists and then like we see her at 35 kill the last scientist yep now she can make her way up right or whatever the case is the the I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, why now? Why did she wait till now? Why didn't she do it when she was younger and go find her parents and say, that's not me. Why wait until after she's married, after she has two kids and then get fed up and come up? Where'd all the rabbits come from? If the scientists are gone, did they just, do they know how to breed them so that they always have rabbits to eat? Sure. What do they feed the rabbits? Other rabbits. Cannibal rabbits. <laughs> uh, Here, eat this. I, Good. I don't know. I, I don't know. But 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 that is that's a perfectly valid question. And 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 then the other valid question is: so these tunnels, it, it's very clear that like it's not like the the person underneath is directly underneath their their surface person. Because how would they keep up with people in cars? Exactly. They just float at 70 miles an hour <laughs> through exactly. a hole. And, and, and when when a person goes in the ocean, are you telling me there's tunnels under the ocean? Right. Yeah. And there's tunnels literally everywhere. Yeah. And like if I go to an elementary school, that there's a tunnel underneath that elementary school also. The entire and, and in the like every crack. room and everything is separated out. And like it just – it there's a lot of questions. Yeah. And – and you know and what? Distract. Like, 
They do. They distract me anyway, and I'm yeah. sure they distract you. And Oh, God. And, it has dragged and, me up a wall. After the movie, I was like, that's it? And then I just right. thought about that, and I was like, but this never <laughs> – Right. And, and, and I can see the other side is uh, – Jordan or it's metaphorical. You know, it, yeah, it's metaphorical. Yeah. You just have to like roll with the premise, right? It's this is what happens, you know, whatever. And 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 I can do that to an extent. That's why I'm rating it a three. Mm-hmm. But but those are the things that stop it from being a four or a five. Right? Uh, get out, that's that's a that's like a four and a half. Yeah. Right. And and what makes that so good, again, is logical consistency. Yes. And I'm, I don't have questions. Part of why I give this a one is because Get Out was so good, because to sure. me, this filmmaker and this, you know, this, you know, forget filmmaker, this writer is has done this before. He's done this exact mission where he has something to say. He has a really interesting story to tell in which to say it. And he does it. So for me, like, it, like if this had been the first, I probably would have given it a three. So I would have been like, clearly he's got ideas. He's a good filmmaker. He probably needs, just needs to work on, you know, fleshing out, externalizing these ideas a little more. But to me, it's just like, man, like Get Out is so good. And this is just not even close right. to me. I, I could watch Get Out over and over again and get something right. out of it new each time. You know, yeah. even 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 the parts where they're a little they're a little heavy handed are pretty minimal. Yeah, and this whole thing was like a hundred pound heavy hand. Right, it is, and and you know, if if it were me, like if I if I finished the script and and this was the script that I wrote, I would hope somebody would come to me and say, "Hey, how does this work, though?" Yeah, and I would have an answer. Right, right. I I wouldn't just say, "Oh, you know, it's more yeah, about the about theme." It. Right, it's more about uh, what I'm trying to say than the actual like machinations behind it. Because to me, if I'm that friend, I'd say, "Okay, you need to take this script to Banksy." Yeah, and he'll yeah. just make a mural out of it. And right. those ideas can work. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. The, I mean, the, the idea works as as like an art installation. It really does. Yeah. But yeah. Not, as a, not as a film. Right, or a, exactly. Or, you know, a linear story. Exactly. And and you know what? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe Jordan Peele has all those answers. Maybe every single thing that we've brought up tonight, he is sitting at home listening to this. I hope he's listening yeah. to this. And he's saying, and he's saying like, guys, these like I know the answers to all of these questions. Yeah. Well, we have but a my, voice number, Jordan Peele, if you'd like to leave us a comment. Please do. But but That's my somewhere. response to that would be, um, you know, it, it, hey, it's great that you've got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. I I want to know more. Well, like yeah. maybe you can do a sequel and tell me more and it will shed light on what's what's been going on. Um, because because. That would be great. I, I would yeah. love to know more. Like this is an interesting premise. It's an interesting world that's been created here. I just wish I understood it better. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, that that's uh. I think that's all I got on on us. Yeah, me too. Me um, too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I will say even though I gave it such a low rating, like I'm very. It's 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 very possible that most people will like this movie a lot more than me. 
Sure. Um, so because like we say, we all have our sticking points in movies. You know, some people really can't get past sound design. Some people really can't get past if like military isn't portrayed accurately, which to an extent is, you know, not realistic to expect from a film. Um, yeah. But my thing is I need the plot to make sense. Right. <laughs> I need right, you right. to explain to me how, how, how these, these supernatural elements work or how these scientific right. elements work. Um, so all, all I'll say is, is my heart goes out to any guy who saw this with their girlfriend and afterwards their girlfriend said, let's talk about us. And they had a small heart attack <laughs> before realizing they meant the movie and not the relationship where they'd have to share feelings. Who wants that? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> hey, hey uh, babe, let's, let's talk about us. Yeah. And then um, you're just like, Oh, yeah, I don't think it's working because like, I hate you. Oh, I went the film. Wait, I what? meant the movie. <laughs> oh, <hate> awkward. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. My doppelganger said that. No, I didn't say that. No, Put the scissors down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. All right. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> all right. As, as previously stated next week, we're going to talk about comic con. I'm excited for all these panels. Um, cause last yeah. year Marvel was not there because Endgame was looming and it's a lot more mysterious when you just don't show up places or yes, give details is. at all. So this year we right. get a much more traditional Marvel comic con period. There's also stuff for other people too. In case you forgot, there's other studios <laughs> with other projects. Mm -hmm. Um, announcing stuff. I'm sure we'll have some some DC Warner Brothers stuff. Um, um, I think I read that Warner Brothers was skipping it this year. Oh, oh no! Yeah, I th I'm pretty sure. What else could they? I guess they could be talking about Star Wars. No, because those are on hold too. What else is going to go on this year instead of Marvel? Um, I have no show? idea. Well, it, it, there probably will be some Star Wars talk. Weird, but. But yeah, it's like they're not even trying. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what I read was uh, Universal, DC, Warner Brothers, and Sony are all skipping Comic Con this year. Jeez. Yeah. Well, Marvel can just stretch out, put his feet up. All right, I guess I, we'll be here for three, four hours. Yep. All each talking about sounds projects. about right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Definitely gonna be hard to concentrate uh, at the end of this week and this weekend on uh, anything yeah, important yeah. like my job or my kids. Sure, um, but I will try. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, I will try to only spend a third of my time reading about this stuff. Right. Um, we'll have a mighty list next week, and uh, we'll talk about it. It'll be fun. Um, that's it. Yeah. That's it, everybody. Goodbye. Sweet. See you next week. Um, Bye. God help us. Mm -hmm.